excited to sit down with, with the man, the legend. Mm, big words. <laughs> big words. Big Marsh, words. Marsh Williams. Um, obviously, we all know the success that's been on the court, and everybody sees you know, the, the lottery picks. Everybody sees the Division One guys. Everybody sees the McDonald's All-Americans, the Jordan Brand All-Americans. But uh, I don't think enough people see you and, and the reason behind where PSA Cardinals came from, the reason behind, you know, the grind that you put in. Um, I see so much on the back ends that you do for these kids, and you know, you always impress me with the care that you have for them, um, the the situations that you place them in. So I think it's important to talk a little bit. And I'm excited to be to find out this is where it all started at. <laughs> so to hear kind of you know your vision for for creating PSA Cardinals, where it came from, what made you, you know, say, hey, this is something I want to do. First young man, it was um, Kevin Seymour who graduated from Central um, and did a, then got a master's from Pace at the end of the role. But he went from Faye to Blair um, and he came out to be a great young man, right? He was five foot ten, basically his entire life, you know? <laughs> um, and then Francisco was the follow and Joel and kids named Austin Robinson was playing like football at Ole Miss. Um, Joel, all these guys is graduating, pretty much graduating now. Um, but ultimately they were coming here every day. Right? They would come in every day and they would follow the rules. And the rules were simple. Like These are the things that we needed to do to play basketball. Because that's the reality. Right. Right? When you go to college, you got to go to class. You go to high school, you got to go to class. And there's a lot of other things you got to do around that. And that was our way of kind of like keeping them away from all of the drama. So we kept them in here from 2.30 to about 9 o'clock every night. And you were so tired that your homework was done, your academic standards was good, your basketball skill level was going up and you were learning how to become a black man in America. So we had a lot of black, brown, and Latino um, kids who at the end of the day needed us and we needed them, right? We needed them to trust us that as we were learning the process, we were gonna figure out the answers. So if I didn't know something, God to my right would figure it out, God to my left would figure it out, I would figure it out, we would just come together. So we would, we would do this seven days a week. And as they got older, it just became, all right, well, the most important thing was the high school placement. Right? Whether you went from junior boarding school to secondary school, if you wanted to stay home and go to Cardinal Hayes, it was cool. We would monitor that and make sure you were doing the right thing. Um, if you wanted to go to Stepanek, we'd make sure you're doing the right thing. But also, if you wanted to go to Choke or if you wanted to go to Northfield Mahermit, right? we were all for it. But it, a lot of it is because of our backgrounds. Like The four guys who are in charge of it every single day, for the most part, come from educational backgrounds. I was a teacher, a dean, assistant principal, um, obviously ran um, a center director for a long period of time, and now I'm executive director of my own, of our non-for-profit. So, but it all stemmed from our education, right? I went to public school, and then I went to boarding school. So I can literally compare, right? Right? It's not, I'm not an individual coming at you from one, one frame to say, oh, this school works when I didn't see the other side. I was fortunate enough through hard times to be able to see both sides, and that allowed me to come away with some observations and some facts and theories behind that and figure out like what do we want to do and it was tough right you were taking the road that was that was less traveled right it wasn't traffic people were like what is that why are you guys doing that you know that type of school is for this type of kid but it was for us it was like no this is this is opportunity this is an opportunity for kids to be of equality with their competitors right um we all taking the SAT we all taking the ACT some people are getting better tutoring than others and we were like okay if we see these different settings, this setting right here has the best preparation for where you want to go in the future, has the best network base, has different folks. And I'm not saying you can't come back home, 
right? You got Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, spring break, a lot of breaks in wow. school. Um, but it was it was my lifestyle. A couple guys that was next to me, they lived that lifestyle, and we figured out how to get it. And I think it never it never really got in the way of the the grassroots basketball, right? It only enhanced the kids that we had, you know. So, so as you as you put the the model together um, from day one. Was it, did you envision where it's at now? Did you just envision as an opportunity to, you know, I just want to help yeah. the, the kids I can help and, you know, provide a, a resource and an opportunity to take them, you know, transcend them from their, their level of understanding the surroundings. Uh, did, you, did you see it being as big as it is now yeah. or, or where it's gotten to? I definitely see it being as big as it is now. Like, this is a full-fledged, like, a well-oiled machine at this point. I think when we when we started, it was it was mom and pop, it was small, it was community, it was, and we try to still continue to have that feel within it. Um, it was very hands-on to each kid, each family, um, and each situation. I looked at everything as like these are different case files from like a social work standpoint. So each kid has something going on in life, and we were supposed to make sure that we gave him the proper services for every individual. Um, now, there's so many different elements to this, right? You're talking about galas, you're talking about fundraising, you're talking about um, strength and conditioning program, you're talking about high school placement, college placement, grad school placement, um, financial advisors, agents, college coaches, et cetera, et cetera. And the highest level of competition from basketball, and then you have guys who are chasing the highest level of academia and trying to merge those worlds. Now you have guys from a ton of different cultures, right? And trying to make them one as a family and create this brotherhood that lasts way before, way longer than I'm gonna last, right? right? So I never ever thought, this is where we're gonna be in five years. Right. We were so, and I say we all the time, cause it was everyone's like, sleeves rolled up in the mud from the seed, um, watered the flowers every day and made sure that it was growing in the proper way. And the kids, like I give so much credit to those first that first generation of guys to just trust us as we made mistakes, right? Because if you fall on your face, you're like, I messed that up. Right. Or you see, tag, I took a left there, I should have took a right here, but now I learned I'm always gonna take the right every time I come across that situation. But definitely did not envision this. Um, I mean, we didn't even, honestly didn't even search out for a Nike contract. Right. We just were doing so well in the community, doing so well with our guys, doing so well on the court that it kind of, organically happen, which is the best thing for us because we took our time and made sure that our roots were strong and the foundation was strong, the, the you know, our morals were intact and we always go back to that, right? You, you tug a war, but we always go back to why did we start doing this, which is to help kids, ultimately, like everything else take care of itself. So one of the things I know you deal with a lot, um, and I deal with a lot, is expectation mm -hmm. management. Yeah. And before we touch on that, I want to go backwards. Mm -hmm. So creating expectations for kids that didn't have yeah. that vision or didn't yeah. understand what the world could be for them because yeah. they had only seen it from a certain lens. How did you get them to believe that they could be bigger than what they had seen in their lives or what they had experienced? How did you really get them to buy into to the, to the culture and the plan that you have for them. I mean, I think I needed to be the example, that light, that, okay, if I can do it, you literally can do it because we we grew up 
buying our groceries from the same store. We grew up, the same air comes, the same water fountain that you drank out of, I drank out of, and the guy next to me did the same. But I also needed to make sure that I was maturing as the time because if you're a mentor, if you're an example, these guys are literally looking at every single step you take, right? And I was trying to walk them in a, into the future and test them and, and drag them along. Like there was parents who were saying, no, my son is a, a A student in the local public school. Why would I ever change? And, and we had to prove that, like, this is the reason. Walk them through and test your patience, right? You want to help people. And then when you do help them, at times, like you said, they start moving the goalposts. Yeah. I want more. Um, when it started with just this, and then they, you proved yourself to get that at a faster rate. And now it became, all right, well, I could get three other things in, this, in the same world. But it's good, right? You can get a lot out of this organization and it having this level of know-how right at this point in time so i want you to get the most but i don't i don't i don't want them to continue to just keep moving the goalposts right. it puts a lot of pressure on you but it, it was a matter of trust right i think what what helped me was the kids seeing me at the time i was doing grad school so as they doing work i'm doing work and they see me like on the road i'm reading they're reading we're doing study halls together right and and my other guys they're doing the same thing they you know we're all channeling that educational background and just to let them know my story, right? When you tell me, hey, I didn't eat at night, and I'm saying, well, who cares? I didn't eat at night at your age. I didn't eat for three nights. Right. But you here, now we got some food in the, in, in the refrigerator, you can get some food, there's, there's snacks, there's, you know, we could provide you with these things, but we weren't allowing excuses. Right. And truth be told, a few of us, our stories are so in the gutter that there wasn't any kid that had that going on, right? So yeah. you couldn't make up an excuse to say, I didn't do my homework, but why? You had lights on, I did my homework with candles. Like, you know, so there was different ways that we could connect. And they, and they respected it because they looked at me like a professional, but also one of them, right? And that was a, a big thing for me to consistent, let's wish I don't have social media, no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter, because I want to continue to be a role model and I don't want to ever allow these guys to see me not in the best light for myself, right? right? And as adults, you're, gonna, you, you're walking through life. You're gonna make some mistakes, but I don't want them to ever see that. I want to continue to be their, their line of vision. And when it's dark, I was their eyes. Like I was their Johnny Cochran. I was always fighting for those guys. And I knew my resume could open certain doors. Right. When I said, hey, I did this and I did this and I did this. And then schools are like, okay, you speak so well, you know? And it's like, no, like, okay, this is the kids you need. Right. And we just needed to make sure we knew the rules to the game and then how to prepare them to, to face those rules. So with the success obviously comes, like you said, the goalpost move and the expectations yeah. become greater. Uh, the management of the expectations, having lottery picks, having McDonald's All-Americans, having guys that you know, are, are, are doing an amazing job at the high major level, mm -hmm. How are you able to still get that, that fifth grader, sixth grader, seventh grader to understand that, hey, you know what? It's not about the destination, it's the journey in between from here to there that made those guys who they were. Where, where, where's that, that connection coming from? Because you've done a great job. I mean, the guys that I've seen, you don't see a lot of program jumping from PSA guys. You don't yeah. see a lot of uh, guys that come in and say, all right, well, I'm not starting, so I'm gone. Or, yeah. you know, I don't have that high major <laughs> offer on day one, so I'm yeah. gone. And, and, you know, no, no names of any organizations, but you see that a lot in this atmosphere. You know, yeah, these kids amazing. want everything kind of in a microwave, you know, immediate way. How have you been able to 
get your guys to understand that it's, it's a process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of communication, right? In any big time business, communication is vital. Any household that's, that's fluid, communication is vital. And we talk to those guys a ton. We try to make the, the main thing the main thing. I think once you had the proof in the pudding, where God's seen this kid made it to where you saying you want to make it, but the same adults are here that helped that kid walk through that journey, and now they're still here trying to walk you through the journey, but they actually are smarter, right? They know all the loopholes. They know all the pot, potholes. Like, everything that's going to happen, we can walk you through it. It's a matter of trust, right? Um, we don't let people fast forward anything. We, we tell them, this is what we feel, and you need to trust us. And because of the production and something to point at, they listen. Then the other thing is creating a culture where I tell people you never graduate from PSA. And in certain programs, once you're done playing, you're done. Right? They're not. It's no more communication. For us, you just you just stop playing basketball. Now we're talking about, you know, how how should you propose to your wife? Where, where do you think you should do your, your uh, baby shower? Where, you know, what do you want to major in? You know, what it, um, you know, what schools you think you should look at? Just, it's so much as they grown. Like we're really raising them from 10, 11 years old to infinity. So you never stop being a part of the program. But once you quote unquote graduate from the basketball side, we hold you accountable to connect to the guys who are still in the program coming up. So everything a kid like Cole Anthony went through, Quade Green went through. So now Quade Green talks to Cole Anthony. Bryce Aiken talks to Quade Green. Ty Jerome talks to Bryce Aiken. Shavar Newkirk talks to this kid. They all have, they, they intertwine, right? So whether it's group chats, whether it's emails, whether it's a gala, whether it's a yearly dinner, whether it's a barbecue, anything that's, you know, anytime we do an event, those guys are walking through the door. If, most people just have their alums come to Peach Jam, right? Yeah. That's not our situation. Like, you'll see them taking pictures together at games. It could be a kid from 2014 hanging out with a kid that's at 2020. They know the stuff that you're going through, I went through. And it's not too much that changed. It gets better, it gets more fluid, but our, our main objective remains the same. Um, regardless of how things are chopped up, I can sleep at night knowing that kids are going to college. If, and, and I'll stay up all night trying to figure it out, right? I can put my head on the pillow and feel comfortable every one of my guys, every one of them. If you number 11, 12, 10, you gotta go to school. I'm, I'm kind of more responsible for those guys than one through five, like right. that's gonna happen. Um, as long as the academics are solid, we always make sure that happens. But ultimately, it's a, I hate to use the word brotherhood, but I would just say it's the culture that you never ever graduate. And it started from us having Thanksgiving dinners here, to Christmas dinners, to um, Christmas giveaways, to now we have like a big brother, little brother process where you're responsible for communicating. Um, you look at somebody like Zion Cruz, who's in, the, who's in the program now, he's had conversations with AJ Hogard about what CP3 camp looks like. He's had conversations with, um, you know, the other guys that's in his position of, all right, this coach is being hard on me. No, it's, it's not how he say it, it's what he say. And the reason why he's hard on you about sliding your feet is because when you get to where I'm at, right, and that might be Kentucky, that might be Harvard, wherever you are, it, this is not tolerated. So the best thing that happened to us was time, right? And we had examples of guys who we could point to to say, talk to him now. So now it's not adults, it's, kid, it's peer on peer, right? They're a little older, but 
you're always going to be responsible. Your processes, these, these guys' processes are similar, right? It might be a left turn, right turn, but ultimately, there's somebody that could say, yeah, if you take that left, this is what's going to happen. You can still take it, but this is what's going to happen. Now, we did the same thing with the parents, right? Every time guys are trying to figure out should they be a part of our program, I tell them all the time, I'll give you a bunch of phone numbers. Call whoever you want. I'll give you a bunch of parents. You can call any parent that was in this program. They're going to tell you good, bad, or indifferent. But how we get it done, the results speak for itself. When I first stepped into the, the athletic space, or the basketball space more than any other, uh, just because of the dynamic of the game, and you know, one of the things that, that's a constant is the kids just want to hoop, right? They want the ball to be rolled out. They want to have fun. They want to play. Um, and one of the things that, as I listen to you more, I can attribute the success to, one, one of the things I told guys for a long time, the hardest part about being in the business and training a kid or developing a kid or working with a kid is you have two hours <laughs> of that kid's life yeah. on a daily basis. And there's an entire 22 that they can either enhance what you did in that two hours yes, sir. or tear it apart. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you guys did a very good job of extending that two hours yeah. from being just two hours to, you know, the, the kids that are in, in city, yeah. you know, they're coming to you right after school and yeah. after dinner, after study time, now they're going home and the kids yeah. that are going away to boarding school, essentially, you know, their entire lives are structured yeah. to a point where success is the, the only outcome. You know, they have to, sounds like try, try to, hard be, to, mess it up. To, to be unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, you know, that's amazing to hear, but how, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm from Detroit and yeah. the streets of Detroit are, you, know, you, you look right, you look left. If you're looking for trouble, you, you can find it. Yeah. Now, you know, it pales in comparison to New York City, you know, mm -hmm. the size of New York City, you know, the, 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 the busyness of New York City, you know, the city never sleeps, you know, there's, it's a, it's a freeway, right? Yeah. Uh, how have you, obviously being from the city, you have a lot of experience, but how have you been able to manage and, and, and Eliminate some of the outside, um, the, some of the, some of the outside distractions, some of the outside voices, and some of the outside occurrences, and keeping that away from the guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like I said, it's a whole group, right? It's not, it's not just me. Everyone is so on point every single day, right? We start every morning with a morning quote that comes from one of, one of our colleagues. He sends it in about 6:30 in the morning. That quote goes out to every player. Every kid, whether you're alumni, whether you still hit, still um, playing basketball here, or just in the program. So every single morning you start your day knowing somebody in this program thought of me. Could be a bad morning, could be a good morning, but someone thought of you. That's the minimum, right? Then there's always conversations. There's random lunches. There's random dinners. There's someone stopping by your school to see you. It might be somebody just sitting in your science class, right? Um, there's the whole group of us we're always, it's a 12 months process. So with, I think what people slip is when they just say, all right, when April come, I'll get you back around me and now we can start. Versus the trust is built now. The trust is built from August when you stop playing in July, August all the way to March. So you're gonna see us in different lights, right? You're gonna not just see me take you to a local college game. You're gonna see me say, hey, do you wanna catch a movie? Hey, do you just wanna go to the mall? Hey, do you wanna go to the museum? Hey, do you wanna, are you interested in, um, investment banking class like there's so many different things that we hold there's so many hats right but ultimately time management is important we consistently are talking to them about structuring their time where it's not a lot of downtime right got a lot of downtime negativity can sink in i think the structures that most of these guys have that are high level guys they're occupied from eight o'clock 
until about four or five, six because of practice, right? Then you, if you're in a boarding school world, you got study hall, you on somebody's campus, you might have study hall for about two hours. Then next thing you know, you're in the bed by 9.30. So while the city is moving, you're kind of like isolated just in your own bubble. Um, but kudos to everyone that, that's working with me. I think we are consistent, that's the other thing. And the value that the guys have where they know, all right, September come, he might just be randomly sitting in my math class. He might just meet me in the missions office. He might, you know, I come home for Thanksgiving, right? You might have lunch with three or four different kids from three or four different classes and just saying, hey, what's going on with you? Touching in to make them know that anytime something is looking like it's gonna go wrong, you have 15 to 20 adults outside of your family members that you can touch and say, hey, I need help, right? So I think it's a lot of work and most people don't want to do that because they see basketball, right? But for us, it's, that's the rewarding part, right? When you see a kid end up at Dartmouth from Harlem who loves chess, right? And, you, and now his nickname is Bobby Fisher. He has to know who Bobby Fisher is for that to come across as, right. as something funny. Right. But to see guys' journeys, it's a six, seven, eight year path where you kind of like, whoa, just to get to college. Right. But then when they do that, it's, you got to stay with them. Like, it's tiring. I mean, a lot of people are saying, hey, I'm going to post on social media that I was at Kid X game. But if you post that Kid Y, A, B, C, they all are saying, hey, when you come to see me. <laughs> yep. So we got to, we do a great job of dividing our time, making sure that it's, the other thing is doing stuff that we would like to do with them outside of basketball, yeah. right? Whether it's a photo shoot, whether it's, um, painting, whether it's photography, right? You see guys, they like to do a lot of different things. Omari Spellman's big on poetry, right? Allowing him to embrace that. Not just, you know, in the off season, but also on the road. Right? You, you talked about your staff, your, your, your brothers, people. your people. Uh, um, and I think that that's one of the things that stands out the most to me yeah. about PSA Cardinals, right? I've had interactions with Mark. I've yeah. had um, interactions. With, with Isaac, I've yeah. had interactions with, uh, you know, from Dre, Dre I mean, yeah. from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that was most impressive to me is the professionalism. Yeah. And, and you know, I, joke with, I joke with you guys sometimes when I see you at games and things, um, and I say you sharpest group. And sure. that's something that I think your guys see and they know, hey, we're here for a business trip. Mm. You know, you, you see a PSA coaching staff and you know, they're gonna have on the black slacks with the black polo and they're gonna look professional and they're gonna go about their business on a daily basis. And I think that, you know, being in an environment sometimes in AAU or EYBL basketball where that's not always the norm, it lets your guys know that, hey, they're gonna show up every day and they're gonna to go to work and they're gonna be professional. I've gotta do the same both on and off the court. Um, and, and one of the things that, that really, I watched Isaac coach his first game <laughs> for you guys, first head coaching game. Yes, sir. And, it kind of showed me that, that elite youth for you isn't just about the players. No. It's about growing and developing the guys that are around you. Uh, at what point did you know it's time for me to step back a little bit and start to assign tasks and let guys grow and, and develop and really take it to that next level? Yeah. I mean, the, just a reality check of these guys are bosses. Like we create an environment where everyone is a boss. There is no one that's, that's in a space where they feel like a worker. We all workers, right? If any of these guys would tell you, it started with me mopping this gym 
every single day before we can get on the court. And then Trey will mop it, right? And Justin will mop it and Jason will mop it. So like, we are trying to present a picture where everyone you go to in their real life, they're bosses. Like, we're not giving orders. We're, we're like, hey, how do you grow in this space? The other thing is we're all interchangeable, right? You might see somebody like Isaac, who's like, all right, I can watch film, I can train, I can coach, I can, I can recruit, I can, I wanna be a college guy, right? So he has to learn every piece of it. And it's my job to prepare him for that. Once you know your why and you can articulate that and say, this is what I want in three, four years from now or two years from now, then we are trying to work now. The main thing gonna be the main thing. We're gonna, we're gonna perform well on the basketball court, we're gonna prepare for that. But ultimately, we still need to position you to get what your goal is. It's, it's selfish to take valuable time out of people's lives and their journey if you don't help them get to the goal that they want to be at, right? In a sense, I might say I have my goal, right? I know what my goal is every day, but these guys that are next to me, they need to enjoy this process also. What makes them different is some guys love fundraising. Some guys love just building men and challenging their minds, right? And we try to position everyone to do something that they enjoy. So now the work is fun. The other thing is it's, it's an environment where we don't, we don't select coaches for quote unquote X and O's. We select people, right? You gotta be a great person to be around these kids. You have to be someone where we, we all connect. So you can, if you at a local function, whether it's a random Saturday night, you might see five or six of us just hanging out. It's not a, it's not a, um, a coaching meeting. These are my brothers. Like these people have keys to my apartment. Like they know this person and that person and everything that's, that's, that comes along with it. We're, we're, we're one in a sense because our lives are attached to each other and the success or the failures, it all intertwined. Like everything is so self, self done. Like Dre with the, with the website. It's been a million people that are like, hey, let me do your website for free. And we're like, no, we have to respect the work that this man put in and it's unique and it's ours, right? We, it's kind of like the Frank Sinatra thing. We doing it our way um, and we're cool with that. Is it always gonna be perfect? No, but I wanna see everyone win. I wanna, you know, I think one of the reasons why big time businesses, organizations, even if you look at the street game, is because the one person on the top is getting too much. And people are saying, that's not cool. Right. If everyone is well taken care of and everyone is happy and fulfilled and their inner, inner peace is there, whether they gotta meditate that little bit of extra on the road, they're gonna, they're gonna work. And everything comes back to the kids, right? It starts with the kids and ends with the kids for us. There's no adult that's a coach that's more important than the kids. And everyone knows that. And it's, and it's, not, it's not a secret. We'll scream it to the top of our lungs. That kid needs to be fine first and then you. So it's not, no one's here for materialistic objects. We rarely have a bunch of guys that want to go to college. Um, guys are true to themselves, right? And they, they raise their hand and say, oh, I'm not interested in that. And it's not smart to put that person in that place. It's smart to find someone that wants to do that. Like Isaac had went through a phase of loving to be in the gym. So okay, go in the gym, let's get you in there. And everything he asks for, if it's in our power, we are responsible for doing that because he gives of his time and of his excellence, you know, and everyone does the same. So in, in the 10 year plus journey from, from point A to where we're at now, yeah. you've learned so much about the process. You've yeah. learned so much about yourself. You mm -hmm. learned so much about the guys around you. 
What does that next 10 years look like for you? What are some of the things that you want to see uh, PSA reach that they haven't done yet or that maybe you just can put a, a better twist on it? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know what it looks like, but having more ownership, even more. Right? I feel like we're pretty independent. Yeah. We're pretty self-sufficient. Um, we, we do a lot of things our way, but I don't know if it's an academy. I don't know if it's a school. I'm not sure. It's something, you know, it's God's plan. We just got to be prepared for it. But ultimately, the first thing is to make sure we continue to have the program and have the energy and have the right people. Because you can look 10 years down the road and mess up year one, right? So the, the foundation of every single day in year 10, having the same feeling of year two when you first started, right? How do you continue to find that fire, find that joy? Um, but ultimately, I think... When you look up, if it's done the right way, the guys who were part of this program became the leaders on the day to day, right? And you can have a full-time job in New York and still be the middle school director. You have a full-time job and still be in charge of the training. You could be finished with your professional career somewhere and come back and be the 15 coach, 16 year old coach, 17 year old. It's so many different, whether you're in control of the social media, whether you're on the board, like everything is gonna be PSA ran by PSA for PSA. It's literally gonna be the guys who come up in this program, they're gonna hold responsibility. So like one of the things I'm big on this year is the 2014 class doing a community service project ran by the 2014 class. So their objective is they have to get each other on the same page and they have to come up with something that's creative and different and they have to use the younger guys to help them along that process. But it's out of my hands and every single year it'll be the next class. So following year 2015, 2016, keeping those guys together. But I mean, if the, if the next 10 years is as good as this one, <laughs> this is the first 10, I think we'd be on to something. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things that stands out to me is obviously the, the passion and the hunger and the, the desire to not only continue the ride, but to improve it yeah. and to get better. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, like I said, I watch. I, I stay in the shadows. I like to watch and see how people do things, see how people move. I see a lot of guys leaving from that 17U level, going off to college and not being prepared for the next level. Mm. And I don't see that. And, and I, I haven't been able to, to ascertain is that because the prep school environment, your kids are just better prepared for an academic setting at the college level. They're more prepared for independent living. They're more, I haven't ascertained is it are more mentally prepared because uh, you've been working on that aspect with them from uh, they're more skilled uh, and more prepared for the competition at that level I've been trying to figure out what it is but you see Cole come out and have uh, an opening night like that when a lot of the top guys in that same class struggled and no disrespect to any of them and no disrespect to you know because everybody's journey is their journey and game one is just game one you know there's a whole lot to go after that but the way in which you watch PSA alum go about their business and go about their careers and go about their work, um, it, it's obvious that that's something that is a piece of the culture. Yeah. And, and they say that you know, cultures are built by design or by default. Um, and obviously the culture of PSA has been built with a design and with a plan in mind. Uh, and, and that to me stands out for, for many reasons. But as you look at that and you watch you know, Cole have the opening night that he had, or you watch you know, Mo Bamba have the career that he's had. At what point do you sit back and you say, you know what, we were on to something and we did it the right way? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, 
those nights where you look up and you see a kid dominating Atlantic 10, you see a different kid dominating the Patriot League. Look, you fast forward to the end of the year, you're like, dang, he made first team all Ivy. He was Ivy League player of the year. He was the Big East all-rookie. He these guys are going to different levels and different fit is important. But I think our preparation for that, for that after is so much done now. Like, we, we really try to run this as a college. So we'll go to visit a, a, a Nova, visit a Duke, see a practice, see a workout, see a film session, and then we'll incorporate those things, right? I remember being at a, a university, I think it was VCU, and he talked about when you go in a hotel, you have all the curtains closed because of the room temperature, the ability to sleep in the day. Like, so we try to incorporate that. So we, we look at best practices and we try to incorporate it in our, in our situation and we get better at stuff, right? There was a point in time when we were going on trips, we didn't have an agenda. Now we have a full-fledged agenda that tells you every single minute what you're supposed to be doing, and it's in the room. Kudos to Andre Charles, right? Um, it started with, we just got tired of the kids calling the room. What are we supposed to be doing? Now you have the agenda. <laughs> you know I need to be at a film session at 12 o'clock, and you need to be held accountable, right? The one thing with us, we're not sugarcoating it. We're going to coach you hard on and off the court. We're going to make sure that you're prepared where this journey should be harder than where you're going. Yeah. No disrespect to Roy Williams. He can't coach Cole Anthony harder than I coached him, right, on and off the court. So he's automatically prepared off the court for anything in that realm. The other thing is just consistently finding things that are challenging. Our practices are hard. Our workouts are difficult. Our games are the most competitive in the country, right? Your high school might be on, but your AAU experience is going to be high level. But our structures with the no phones, the no fast foods, um, you have to be on time to every single thing. That is the reality, right? <laughs> Where you're going. You gotta be on time to class, you gotta be on time to the bus, you gotta be on time to the arena for shoot around, and we hold you accountable. And there's consequences. So there's, it's not a situation where there's yes men, there's no daddy ball, there's, none of, there's no little cousins in the program. There's strictly, this is the business of helping these black kids. Right? And ultimately, I think our guys go through a hard process. Right? It's, it's similar to like a prep for prep when these guys are young and they send you through a rigorous process academically. We're trying to do the same thing. So we're not letting you slack in a workout, right? Whoever it is. And if I have to just be on the side watching it, I'm telling you, you need to be going harder. And I don't care who you're working out with. But ultimately, we're telling them this is what's next. So we have to coach you for that. And that starts with being unselfish, playing with other talent, not being the only point guard on the team, not being the only big fella on the team, learning how to share, learning how to, you know, just in the hotels, if you don't have your phone, you communicate with your teammate, which leads to you communicating on the court, right? If we're watching game film and we're going over statistics every single game, we're gonna hold you accountable for not messing up that assignment. Right. And if you do, you have to sit down and give the next man a chance because that's the real world. If you don't go to work, you're going to get fired, <laughs> right? Or you're going to get replaced. Yep. And we want everything that we do to be geared towards later. Now, while you're in it, there's some difficulties. This, it's not the ideal AAU experience. We're not. Like, our practices are five hours on a Saturday and five hours on a Sunday. Last year, we was practicing at midnight. At 2 o'clock, I mean, 12 o'clock midnight to 2, 2.30, and then taking a local bus to the, to the, to the airport to catch the first plane out to an event. But we got a good shoot around. You guys got to spend time with each other. Obviously you're tired afterwards, so you're getting a good sleep on a plane, 
but ultimately we're, we're gonna put you through the, the stuff that's hard so when it happens to you in college you're used to it if you have conversations with our guys they're like this is easier i'm used to this there's nothing he could say that haven't hasn't been said to me <laughs> right so they're prepared and then academically if you don't do the right thing academically you're not playing here right we've had guys sit out entire aau seasons until their academics was in order you could come to practice you can come to shoot around you can come on the road you're going to be in a sweatsuit until we can get you structured academically to help your future so that's the equivalent of a kid red shirt in college all right so we and the other thing is we're we not know-it-alls if we go to a school to visit i'll stop at seeing hall and say kev kevin willard how do we help you prepare our guys for you if we got like we got a kid quincy mcknight he's going to tell us and AAU, I wish you guys can do these two things. Okay, if he gives me two and we can try to incorporate that next year. Whether it starts at eighth grade, a little bit, a little bit, add on as you go further. But we get a lot of feedback from the colleges and now we're getting a lot of feedback from the NBA side because we've been fortunate. But once we get the answers, we tell our kids, this is the answers. This is why we do it this way. This is why we run sets. You know what I mean? This is why we're not just running up and down. But when they get to that point, they're like, I got it. Now, what they do when they get it and they're successful, they tell the kids that's going through it. Trust him. This is the right way because he's preparing you for your first day. Cole's thing was vocal, being very vocal at a young age, how to talk to others um, that are older than you. If you. We were already preparing him to be the starting point guard in college as a freshman, right? If you take three point guards and you say, all right, do you want to have to come off the bench or do you want to lead? And what are the intangibles to leading as an 18 year old or a 19 year old when you're talking to men that are 22, 23, they got children, they got real lives. You, you have to figure out how to maneuver around this situation. Right. So we're preparing our guys, not for necessarily AAU, we're gonna win games, right? <laughs> that's, not gonna ha- that's not hard at this point. We're gonna win, but we're also saying, when you get to college, this is the things you need to do. But it didn't stop, right? We, Kids successful because you you're saying, all right, I'm went to your practice and I seen you do this. Here's his notes. Like I went to a Fordham practice in September and we got the big kid Joel there. When we finished talking, the practice is over. His coach might not have said anything. I have ten things that you can do better. And now when I come back, I want to see you doing these things. So the coaching didn't stop. Right. His is a different level now. So our guys are successful, but they're mentally tough. There's no no kids in AAU basketball that are saying, hey, I'm comfortable with a study hall. I'm comfortable with that amount of hours of practice at those type of times. And you taking my cell phone? You're eliminating social media for two to three days? Nobody's signing up for that unless the product is A1. And that's, that's what, when you have Villanova, they take your phone during the dinner. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, just to to kind of conclude, because there's a couple things. I think I, I know you well enough to know the answer on, on this one, and it's not going to okay. be the, the person that everybody watching or listening would think. Mm-hmm. Your biggest success story. My biggest success story, from a kid's perspective, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tony Botang. And, and the reason why I say that is because Tony Botang is a phenomenal brain, right? Young kid from African descent five foot six maybe, right? Was always the last guy on the team coming up sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Worked extremely hard. You know, he didn't have God-given attributes at the end of the day, measurements. But he was smart. 
and he still is to this day, right? Tony Botang, he was, he was an individual that was self-driven. So like, he went from public school to Brooklyn Friends, right? It's a really good academic school. I remember saying, here's the address, go to the fair. He did it. Then it was like Brooklyn Friends holding the school I attended. Okay, I'm gonna take my visit, I'm gonna get on the bus, eight hours, Peter Pan, no mom, no, nobody need to go with me, I'm, I could do this. Takes the trip, you just get him a bus ticket. Takes the trip, gets into holding the school. Goes through some turmoil, ends up at Commonwealth. Graduates, now Tony Boateng is probably an A student every step of the way, right? Messes up, has to go to FDA, long story, going back to Commonwealth. So he gets his high school diploma, triculates the Sacred Heart, right? Remember, he's still the 12th man. Just God in the same class with Mo Bamba, right? <laughs> and all of those guys, right? So he's a Sacred Heart, he's, he's not, at this point he's on scholarship, maybe just on the bench, not playing a lot. He's in the music. So now if you look up, this dude is like a junior in the classroom, not playing a lot of basketball, right? Is obviously gonna graduate with a bachelor's and a master's, and he's already started his music career, right? While he's on campus by using their equipment, right? So he's the biggest success story because he really was able to use the platform and just be around people and was smart enough to maneuver. Now, did he make five or six mistakes that drove me completely crazy? <laughs> yes, he knows. Like, did he use every single card that I had? Yes. But when you look up, this is going to be a guy in my... He's going to do phenomenal things in the world. He's always going to remember there was people that helped me. I'm going to help others. Right? He's always connected to the program. He started out as a guy that was always, why don't I get more this and more of that and attention? And, you know, but now he's more like, how can I give? You know? And to see a kid, same height, five foot six, the world does not care about him. Right? There's nobody in a basketball circle that is ever going to remember this kid. The only people that's gonna remember is, is us, and him doing all of those mistakes made me better because I needed to figure out how to get him out of those things and into the next stage, and he consistently tested your, your line of work. But I think he, it's a couple others, but I think Tony is literally that guy, right? And he wouldn't even think I was gonna answer this question like that, so when he sees it, he's gonna crack up. But kudos to him, and he actually told me this summer, he said, big bro, I'm gonna graduate college, not because I love college, but because of the work that you guys put in on me. I owe you that, and I owe my mom that. So for someone to, to at this point, change their journey from being a selfish individual to something that's all about others, it's priceless. And you can wake up in the morning and say, that was a five, six little kid that no one would ever think was floating around these, these high-level guys, right? So. I would say Tony Boateng for me. Last question, and that's, I mean, I, I'm going to have to go look him up now. Tony Boateng, <laughs> I'm, he's I'm, at Sacred Heart, man. I'm, 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 a, fa I'm, a, I'm a fan now. Yes, I'm a sir. fan now. We all have that one. Some of us have more than one. The one kid that keeps you up at night that you feel like you wish you could have helped or you wish you could have done more. And you don't have to necessarily give a name, but just the example mm. and the experience of and what it taught you and how it changed the way you yeah. went about things. I know, I know the kid, I'm not even going to say his name, but there's a kid, same class, right? Um, came over. In order for him to come into the, and this story is so crazy, in order for him to come be a part of the program, his mom went to Williams. And her thing was, 
I want my son to read the Malcolm X book. And if he can read, if you can get him to read the Malcolm X book, he can be a part of your program. That's it, nothing else. Okay, sat with him, made sure you read the Malcolm X book. Went back and forth, discussed it, made sure everything was nice and smooth so his mom tested him. Came over to be a part of the program. So phenomenal Ivy League type kid, right? Phenomenal defender, 6'5", long, unselfish kid. Um, and I think it became a part where his off the court life took over basketball and basketball wasn't fun anymore right the road of being in the AAU environment where the guys are watching on um, basketball on TV playing basketball for four or five games eating and sleeping basketball he wasn't necessarily a basketball kid he used basketball to the best of his ability went to great schools um, went off to college and then he he didn't go to Peace Jam and I was like why are you not going to Peace Jam this is different and he chose not to go to Peace Jam. He chose to transfer high school and stayed with him, right? We made sure that he still went, went on to Rice, um, transferred from Rice, um, ended up doing some stuff with Juco. Now we're still good, but he's like, hey, college is not for me, right? The lesson behind him is for me because when he didn't want to go to Peace Jam or when he wasn't in love with basketball, I should have found more time to learn more about him, the person, to find out why didn't, you know, forget basketball. How can I switch gears and, and everyone around me switch gears to continue to help you and not force feed you basketball, right? You go to Juco, you gotta play basketball. You go to Rice, you gotta play basketball. Everywhere that he went, it was something to do with basketball, but he, in a sense, fell out of love with basketball, right? And I needed to be okay with that. I needed to be of the understanding that this is cool, this is his journey, this is his path. The same love and care that we give to Hassan French, we have to give this kid. So now I consistently still text him, see how you doing, go to lunch, da da da. But it was the first young man that I dealt with that said, it's not PSA, I'm just not a basketball kid and that's okay. And I needed to figure out a way to love him more, right? When he decided not to go to Peace Jam, I should have took a stop and say, let me sit down with you one-on-one -on -one to see what's going on in your head. I mean, he's still doing well, still alive, but it tested me and how much does basketball go in the forefront of our program. And it should be vice versa, right? Um, person, academic, basketball. But at that time, it was Peace Jam. Like, with this kid, like, we went to the championship game. And I, and I thought to myself, damn, we had him. We'd have won, but probably wouldn't have won. Right. But it made me a better person ultimately and it challenged me to think outside the box more. that's awesome man i appreciate your time Stoke. man it's you know I, like i told you when we started a lot of people don't have an opportunity they see they see it through the lens they want to see it through yeah. right and they say oh well munch is always blessed with players and that's why they're winning <laughs> or they you know oh you know so and so went you know mo bomb and that caused yeah. everybody to want to come be a part of it well no it's not <laughs> you know it's not for everybody yeah. and and, and you, you got to be okay with that. But I think that a lot of people don't understand how much goes on the backside and, and the work that you've put in over the last decade and yeah. the work you will put in over the next decade. So I'm, I'm excited to continue to watch you grow. Let's do it. Continue to watch PSA grow and develop. And like I say, you always got a fan of me, brother. My guy. Yeah.